before we uh, begin, I've asked Brother Robert Falkenberger to open with a prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to hear more of what you're doing in, in Papua New Guinea, and we, we thank you for your work in, in Papua New Guinea. We pray for your blessing upon the, the believers there. We pray that your grace would continue to be with them as they reach out and, and share your truth with, with their neighbors, and pray that you would also speak through our, our brother that would, that would share with us, and we thank you, Father, that your, your love has no, no borders. We pray with thanksgiving in our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Am I clear now? Well, good afternoon once again. Uh, I think I've made an introduction to myself and my wife and a uh, few other little things I was going to say yesterday. So I'll just uh, continue on a few other little things. As I've said yesterday, I'm actually talking from a rural point of view. It's not actually to blame Vic and others, but that's the way we were brought up. So uh, we'd like to share our appreciation and a word of thanks to uh, you folks, especially those that continue to support us in different ways, uh, either in financially or uh, in kind, or either in prayer. We share love and thanks with you all. And, uh, you know, especially we, we have a picture, we, we call it talk picture. Uh, when you have an arrow and then you shoot at something, you really aim at something. You don't shoot your arrow aimlessly. So, Magdalena and I are actually here to prove that what you shoot at has, uh, has had an impact in, in the churches throughout Papua New Guinea, and we are here to prove you uh, and give you uh, first an information of what is happening in the churches of Papua New Guinea. And you might wonder how much your contribution has gone out to Papua New Guinea, probably may, have, uh, may be a waste, but I'd like to tell you that it has been worthwhile. And uh, we are still struggling to come up with something. Thank you for your effort and your support. We all work hand in hand to come up with something. Well, our presentation is in three different parts. And that is the uh, past, the present, Okay, thank you. Sorry, I didn't know that. Uh, okay. I don't know which button to press. Okay, it's coming on. Uh, 
Our presentation basically is in three parts. Uh, this is in, from 1977 to 2015. It will be in three parts, and that is uh, the past 1977 to 2004, 2005 to 2008 is the present, and the future 2009 to 2015. I'll just run through. As you can see, these are some old friends of Vixaleta and Eight Stage. Those are the first pastors. Uh, we actually set up our base camp at, uh, at a place known as, uh, it was just beside a small creek called Tiliba. Til is the small creek, and Iba is known as water in our language, uh, Tiliba. And so these guys were trained at Tiliba, but uh, because the name Tiliba was known as something too personal for a Walla tribe. Walla is our language. And so we had to change that name uh, into something else that is more biblical related. These are the first uh, carpenters on, on, my right, on my left. And uh, the other one actually is uh, a medical worker who was trained by uh, Jenny uh, Jen, eight stages wife. Those are our first elders, young and old elders in our church. They represent uh, elders in the church. So we have to move from Tilibab, our base camp, because the, uh, our base camp was actually, you know, sold to the government for to establish a secondary high school. So we moved almost about a kilometer or so towards the western end. This represents uh, uh, members of our church uh, general board. I will explain you a little later on our structure. These are members of our uh, church uh, general board. They represent different circuits or different districts. When we moved from Tiliba to Halal, this is when I and Magdalene took over from uh, the, uh, another brother who was here probably uh, almost about eight or nine years ago. Uh, it was in 2005 we had to take over from him. And then when we came in, the executive council got together and said, we have to come up with a plan. So our first five months before 2006, we had to come up with a lot of plan. And we divided our plan for the next 10 years, uh, spiritual development plan and uh, social or infrastructural development plan. And those were I'll just read to you a few things that we've just uh, had on our plan. Annual outreach programs, formalize administration full staff, uh, create sub-coordinating centers, establish event fellowship, and uh, establish local or rural fellowships, uh, teaching program, which they enforced it that it should be uh, implemented in 2006, just five months 
And then they said, oh, we'll have to have a training program in 2006. And a few other things. And uh, infrastructure development or changes were extension of the training program, office building and, or other administrative buildings, uh, sawmill activity, electric, electric, electricity and communication system. So when we had our plan, these are part of our church council members. My wife is a, a representative of the council. I am not a member to the council. I'm only an advisory. And that's the structure which I would like to spend a bit of time on that. We came up with a church council made up of nine members. They represent different circuits or different uh, districts. And then we have a general board known as executive board. That general board is made up of uh, the ex uh, rather elders, representatives from the elders, uh, senior pastors, and uh, other elderly men in the church. And then the general secretary, general secretary the administra administration staff made up of uh, other outreach or ministerial functions. That is the women ministry, outreach program, treasurer, literacy, uh, head pastor, we call it, training program, children ministry, and so on. So we have an office manager that works, uh, serves as a uh, man manager who looks after the other coordinators. And we have the second, that is, we have 13 seconds, with, uh, which I will show you later, and the local board. We have a channel of uh, communication. We don't actually go direct to the church council, but I have to go through the procedure. That's an approximate membership list in, in the churches of Papua New Guinea. We have 13 districts or 13 circuits. As you can see, uh, Upper Nipa, Lower Nipa, Hone Mungubi, Lower Wagi, Upper Wagi. Uh, those are actually where, we, where the small headquarter is located, the surrounding headquarter. And then down there where you can see Senep, Tiwa, and Sumbi is quite some miles away from where we are located. Port Mosby, Kimbe, and uh, Mount Hagen, Port Mosby, and Kimbe are other main centers, provinces we call them. So we have about 121 local churches throughout Papua New Guinea. And uh, as you can see, the approximate membership of our church uh, 9,000 to 10,000. As you can see, this 45 to 50,000. There is the general body. But uh, born again committed Christians are between 10 and 15,000. These are people who claim themselves to be under the umbrella of Good News Christian Church. As I have said, most of these places. 
we dominate the whole area. It's about, I could say, 16 to 17 villages. Very stronghold of Good News Christian Church. So they do not let other denominations come into their area. So that's why we have come up with this 45 to 15,000. Otherwise, the church committed member, membership of Good News Christian Church is between 10 and 15,000. We have 39 trained pastors. That's why we have to come up with the training uh, school. Uh, 56 elders in the church and 161 local pastors, those are untrained pastors. So our trained pastors will be able to take up, uh, take their position for the 161 local pastors. Basic services we provide is five health services and one primary school. The primary school is named under uh, Vic's letter. If you have questions, probably you can raise your hands and then let me answer them as I am talking along. This is just a picture to show you how we have cleaned up. Yes? Health services, uh, sorry. Health services basically is, uh, no. Uh, okay. Health services, we have one, uh, one sub-health center and four aid posts, first aid centers. Uh, this is under the agency of uh, Apostolic Christian Church in Papua New Guinea. We administer uh, the operation, we send our own workmen out to different, uh, these five uh, health services. And we have only one education service provided under our agency. And uh, we have actually written to the, I did it, I have written to the Department of Education uh, applying for four, four more primary schools so that they can tend that under our agency, and they are still talking on that in the provincial education board. Uh, and uh, the Tiliba, Tiliba, as I have said, we've sent, uh, sailed there to the government so that they can be able to set up the uh, secondary school. They also want to have that school under the church agency, which we will make administrative arrangement with the education board when I go back. So it's a pressure from the community that that school has to be given to the church. So we might work on that. Sorry, I don't know whether I'm answering your question or not. Yes, sure. We have literacy program, which I will talk about uh, later. I have it on my plan. Uh, this was just a bit of cleanup around our headquarters. This was a small hill uh, right in front of our church headquarters, and we had to hire an excavator to clean up that uh, little hill in order to build our administration building. 
in order to come up with the administrative administration building, which was uh, to house our administration staff as well as our Bible school teachers, we had to get our, as I have shown you, that's an old machine that I have shown you yesterday. We have to go out into the bush and then cut timbers uh, to have our buildings. Those are some things I've shown you. I'm not going to show you more and explain that because it would be time consuming. Sorry? Uh, it would cost about, the machine itself cost about 34000 I've checked up with the, with the machine producer or something at Portland, and the cost, uh, shipping cost and those would cost about $30,000. $30, okay, spiritual, let me jump quickly to the spiritual ministries. Briefly, in the Bible school training program, uh, there are a couple of things that I was going to talk about yesterday, but I rushed to. And I do not want to repeat that again. But the sawmill basically uh, is the most important thing we need because in the sawmill, the all, all our buildings are in, in the sawmill. Our labor cost is in the sawmill. Almost everything is there in the sawmill, so... Uh, me is the most important thing that I was going to talk about anyway. Spiritual ministry, we not only concentrate on the uh, infrastructural development or change, we do more in the spiritual development of our people in different parts. This is one, uh, on one of our administration visit, uh, me and my group have to make uh, right across onto the other side, this is, uh, we call that lively, that's a different circuit. We have to visit them. Uh, I have to make visit, probably cover all the churches or circuits at least once in a year. Because if I do not visit one church or one circuit, there's going to be complaint and argument and say, you're visiting there and you have not visited my church and so on. So to please them, we have to at least cover. So this is one of the biggest, roughest river. We have to cross, our pastors are crossing the river, and on that journey, uh, this is some young youths who wanted to join in our journey. Uh, this is right in the jungle. We, we had to walk through miles, about 15, 16 miles or so. This is a primary school which we are working at to have it come under our agency. On our journey, we have to come up with this school here, come reach this school, and then the teacher out there said, we have to have fellowship here. I was not a converted Christian, but uh, he actually somehow invited us into his house, and then we stayed there, and he said, um, we will have to do something to this school. So I said, okay, you have to work it out yourself, not us. So he's making arrangement with the education board to have the school under the church agency. Uh, actually, right on here, beside, uh, somewhere out here, churches already they established, they built a local church out there. So we have established a fellowship. That is a kid, furthermore down, uh, where you have not been to anywhere. It's a new exploration. 
beyond Cape Dan. Uh, you probably might have seen how the rugged mountains were at the back. It's too rugged. It's not too good. I mean, it's just like Moses who have gone up into the mountains and then experienced God out there. Anyway, these are some of our spiritual activities. As you can see, Uh, we had to just uh, dedicate a church uh, recently, I think in April or something. A young teacher just recently got baptized. He's just from nearby, uh, near, near our headquarter. He just got baptized. So because of my excitement, I have to get a photograph of him and put him in there. Sure. Okay, my wife and uh, other women, the other women is the wife of our council, church council president's wife. They have to lead group of women uh, to different circuits and then have meetings where they're invited. So this is uh, on one of our journey. I, we had to drop them off because uh, we were stopped by fallen trees. This is not a road anyhow. It's, I don't know how to explain it. So we just thank God for the land cruiser at the back. It was donated by uh, your contribution as well as uh, our local contribution too. So... We really thank God for it because uh, if we would not have that, I don't know, most of our work would have not been done. So thank God. They go out with uh, loads at their, on their back. They walk miles to places where they are invited. So these are the wives of our administration staff. When women are out there, other women have to get together and welcome them uh, in that practice. That's a welcome match. It's a show of appreciation and uh, greetings. So they go out there to teach women how to work together alongside their husband, how to be a good wife. And even they, take, uh, they give different teachings uh, so this is just one from the many meetings they held. This is a church meeting. We also thank God for the tent, which was contributed. Anywhere when our, where our tent is up, uh, we have a huge crowd packed in the tent. This is another match welcoming uh, my group and um, women group as well. We were invited to a, an area. This is Wombukinvik, as you can see. Uh, far on the other side, you can see how rugged the mountains are. This is in the heart of a rugged place. 
these are some pictures uh, of our meetings. Let me briefly give you an account on the urban ministries, Mount Hagen, Port Mosby, and Kimbay. Mount Hagen, in Mount Hagen, we have about seven local churches with seven, uh, two, three senior pastors. Uh, this is another province, Mount Hagen. Kimbay, this is what I was going to show you on the map. Kimbay is a uh, Basically, this is Kimbe. This is where we are located, Southern Highlands, right here, Nipah. And then from here, we extended our fellowship. Right around here, we dominate the whole area. And then from here, we extended our fellowship to Mount Hagen. This is where I showed you. Uh, we have seven local churches out there. We don't have a church in the heart of the town, and we are still praying that God will be able to give us a a piece of land where we can be able to have our church building. And then we go on, on track to lay that's the second city. And then from here we get a ship, go right across to Kimbe, and we have seven churches, or rather eight local churches here, established churches. And then we are about to establish three more churches on the team of Rabaul. Our pastor, our uh, area pastor or second pastor, travels back and forth to have fellowship in this area. We were also invited to have a fellowship here in KVN as well as Bougainville. They will reach out from here. This will be the base camp. Yes. Yeah, these are different languages. This is a different language group. These are also different language group. These people also speak different language group. And this, these people also di speak different language. Okay, we, these are big plantations. There are plantations in these places. So they had to, you know, hire our local men to go work in their plantations. And then we have to follow our own people. That's how we extend our church. You get what I mean? Okay, we communicate with pidgin. They communicate with pidgin. Our national language is pidgin, so they communicate that. We have 700 languages. So, oh, sorry. Is that all land? Did you travel on land? No, we don't travel on land. Yeah. Right around here, they travel on land because they have road link. But the road, the road stops here, so they have to get a ship, ship or boat or whatever, to go across. Uh, there is no road link in, in most parts of the provinces. So some, they have to get a boat to go over. And this is a tribal island, Bougainville Island. We, we're planning to establish a church. We are praying that God will be able to give us a church. There's one particular guy in our church who wants to go out and set up church there, so we pray that God will be able to help us set a church there. Okay, that is a Kimbe church opening. That's a Kimbe local church. 
that's on the island. Uh, this is an oil palm, dead oil palm. Uh, that's a church project. They wanted to have transplant or replant a new uh, oil palm, so they had to kill the old ones. That was on a plantation. This is a Port Mosby second. That's our national capital district. We call that a small city. Uh, this is our church. We just dedicated that, I think, when the uh, stage and a few other representatives visited us about, I don't know, last year, I think, yeah. This is inside the church building. Uh, that's one of our old buildings. That's our pastor's house. It's a rundown church. I am in a pastor's house there. Okay, we let's briefly go through our 2009 to 2015. It's just a rough plan anyway to give us direction as to how we are going. Uh, we've talked about uh, different building plans we have for 2009 to 15. Uh, that's why we need talked about needing a new sawmill. Uh, as you can see there, the office building, administration building, we have 100,000, not in dollars, but in Kina, in terms of Kina. We actually completed worth of 70,000 Kina, and we are yet to, we are praying that God will be able to help us with 30,000 Kina, that is probably 10,000 or so dollars. And other buildings, those are just a rough plan anyhow. Okay, literacy program basically is right down there. We have a program. Uh, literacy is effectively working in, uh, in, in our church because the older people have to know what the Bible says and they have to read and understand the Bible. They don't have to write, but at least they have to read. And understand. So we have literacy program and literacy teachers are put in different local churches, in almost all our local churches, so that they can be able to teach our local people how to read and understand the Bible. So with our with our Bible translated in the with the Bible translated in our own language, and when they are taught in the uh, when they come to the literacy program, they thought they teach them how to read and understand. So that's how our old people, most of our old people, almost majority of our old people can be able to read in their own language and understand the Bible. But they don't know how to write. That's a problem. Well, thank you so much. I think... Uh, what we'd like to share with you, our prayer request, as I said yesterday, uh, we talked about praying for a new sermon. That is for our buildings, and we are praying for at least a couple of computers for our Bible school teachers. We have two computers. One is my own, but I give it away to the Bible school so they can use it and uh, we had to purchase one. And uh, we need three more for our other, I mean four more for our five teachers. I think that's all. And if you have any questions, probably you can ask me and then I'll probably answer them.
as part of the literacy program, then when you translate the Bible, in, is it translated into Pidgin already? Because I know it was translated by Brother Vic and Walla, but what about the other languages? Yeah. Bible is translated into Pidgin, both Old and New Testament. But in the language, we, we've only translated in the, the New Testament and the Old Testament is yet to go. If someone has an interest, we are able to invite you. Yeah, but I wanted to this is one of Bob's question here. That map up there from Moore City is not clear. You see that blue part there? Well, that's ocean. And I don't know why the white part, I guess it's because it's not very deep. If you see the green, that's solid land. But those islands that uh, Brother Coble was talking about, Kimbe is a separate island. And yeah. Paul was on the other end of that island. He answered about being roads from Kimbe to the ball, but there's no roads from Papua New Guinea over there. You got to go by boat. Then uh, uh, there's another one out there that he mentioned that we want to have uh, work on, and that is um, New New Ireland. Uh, yeah, New Ireland. Yeah. That's a separate island. We go by boat. Miles and miles of ocean between there, and also that Bougainville that he was mentioning. That's way out there, and actually that's a part of the Solomon Islands, but uh, uh, I do not have the greatest faith in governments, and uh, it was the Brits that uh, wiped that off from the Solomon Islands and put it on the Papua New Guinea, caused a war uh, recently, well, a few years back, but that those up there, the, the uh, if you can see, it's white because the white is not a very deep sea. It's a very shallow sea, but the green up there are different islands. Distance? Yeah. Uh, it's quite far. Uh, I can't tell you the distance because I don't know, but it is far. Uh, when we want to come, I've experienced that a couple of times, from Mendy to Mosby, it takes us one hour, I think, almost 30 minutes to fly. There's no road link. But I would not tell you the uh, example. Oh, the islands, when you go from one place to From one place to the other. I haven't experienced it yet myself, but we probably oh, know. Yes, at least 12 hours, maybe a full day of, depending on how fast the boat is, but you don't go on a little boat. It's, they're big boats. Well, they're not Queen Mary's, but. Um, and Sorry? How expensive is the trip as well? It may be quite expensive, I'm not sure. It should be about uh, three, 300 kina for one trip, which is probably one, $130 or something. And when you travel to the different churches, how many do you need to walk to? How many can you travel by car? Uh, yeah. The pastor there told me he has to travel by ship, I uh, rather boat, from one island to the other, or even from the same island when he wants to go from here to the tip of this, this island, he has to go on a boat. That's what he told me, so. But you said you traveled to the different churches. Yeah. Within a year's time. How many of those churches do you have to walk to? Okay. I don't go to the local churches. I only go to the main coordinating center. Okay. Uh, 
So I, when I had to visit, I had to fly from here to here. That's the easy part. Yeah, because if I go, okay. Just on, on the day-to-day -day life and, and communication, uh, what percentage of, of people say would be able to access the internet or do have computers or Thank cell phones? You. Or Thank you. Uh, Inter, uh, access to communication is near where we are based, basically. No communication. So what we have to do is write letters. Whatever you name it, like, that is not. We do have a small radio, but that, that doesn't operate effectively. Is there a possibility for something like satellite phones that you can use in key spots? Well, it is, when we have, a, you know, satellite phones, that is, that is possible, but it's quite expensive. That's from my point of view. To set up a satellite phone, you know, you put up a disk and then you, whatever, whatever you name it, and then you get a, uh, a phone. That is accessible. I mean, it is easy. But from, from my point of view, it's quite expensive. That's what I see. Because, because of communication problem, we had a team of visitors from U.S. coming to visit us, about five members on the team. I was actually me, my wife, and we were on our way to Mosby to, for the church and dedication, and they caught us on the way. So we had to turn back again to Nipa. That was communication problem. <laughs> so our reception, I mean, we didn't give a good reception, so... Anyhow, that was a problem. So communication is a problem anyway. Thank you. Uh, any more questions? You don't ask me about electricity. It is also a problem. Um, as I have said in, the, in my speech at the early stage, I said I'm speaking from a rural point of view. <laughs> I think you got all the messages in there. Okay, any? Did I understand correctly that the sawmill itself would cost thirty-four thousand dollars, but it would cost thirty thousand to ship it? That's right. Yes, sure. Is there no place perhaps closer than where you could purchase it, where the shipping cost would be less? Yes, uh, there is. But uh, sorry. 
there is, but what I see is uh, the sawmill sold out there is not as expected as uh, we want the breakdown so quickly. They, they call it Lucas Mill, I, I'm not sure. I don't know whether you know that. This is Walkabout Sawmill. It's quite good for to be used in a local rural area. I mean, it is expensive, but it is not. I think there's a communication problem here. The, the uh, shipping this thing, we were working on that in Portland a few weeks ago. I think the thing would cost all up with the plane and everything, 30000 Adding four to it, you'd be 34000 $34, all up to get it there. It's not. stop you from asking I said it's a problem anyway so we have a small generator and I'm strict to it because we run it for only two hours every night seven seven to nine uh, seven to nine so we have five teachers Bible school teachers and then they have to you know they print out write out things on a notebook and then keep it on the table my wife have to come up with type them all in two hours and it's quite hard. And uh, we also look for another typist. They sit on our two computers and try to finish them in two hours. It's hard, so they don't do it. We have to wait for the next day. And then it keeps going, and workload is still hipped <laughs> up on the day. So communicate, I mean, electricity is also a problem. I do not want to come up with all, everything, so I have to hold back something, you know? Your uh, sawmill, though, that's run by gasoline motor. That's it, yeah. It's it, it's uh, it's run by this year. It has its own engine attached to the main body, so it runs itself back and forth. I think it's a, a VW engine hooked up to the sawmill and it goes back and forth, run by the. I think it's a VW. They're going to hop it. I'm not sure. Not the original ones anyway. Were a Volkswagen engine. Sorry. Well, that was way back. It's a petrol engine now. Yeah, in the electricity problem, I, I, we just uh, thought of putting up something. It's just an imagination. As a solar. Oh, yeah, okay. How come with the operating costs are? Uh, do you have a budget for that on a monthly basis, having to run the solar bill? Okay, now it had to operate every day, almost every day. I mean, I'm not good at preaching, I don't preach. Once in a while I have to go and visit, that's all. All my time is in a zone every time. I have to go back and forth, make sure it's running because that's that. So, we have to run it every day. We sell the timber, get a bit of money, uh, purchase the fuel, and 
pay our neighbors, and then we keep running like that. What was that your question? I mean, am I answering? Yeah, it, see, it sounds self-sufficient then. I was wondering what the, what the expenses were to run it, but it sounds like you're saying it's self-sufficient. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, the fuel cost, labor, and the maintenance of the some it's too expensive. But what we we manage to do it anyhow. Tell us what your church service is like. What time you start and what it includes. Well, mostly we start at ten o'clock. But uh, young people and some leaders. We have young people, some of the stampering girls on the other side, women on the other side, leading themselves. They have to come around 9.30 to make, you know, to pray and prepare themselves. But mostly 9 o'clock and 11.30 is the approximate time, maximum time we finish. And then come back again in the afternoon for service. It's all like two times a week, every Thursday and Sundays. It's a combined service, but the other days, they're working in gardens and doing businesses. When you have so many people in one place, uh, what is the washroom or anything like that? Uh, we, our church is basically located in the heart of uh, our villages. Houses are close by. So we don't need bathroom and all this. Oh, is that what you were asking? Yeah. Uh, we don't need restroom anyhow. But we set up, you know, restroom, a single restroom on the other side. That's it. Uh, see, there was about 800 or 1,000 people. Oh, well. <laughs> but we don't stay long anyhow. We don't stay long in the church service. Just from 8 to 11 or so, we have houses close by where they can go to, or otherwise they can go to the nearby bush. <laughs> yeah. How different is this Christian culture from your tribal culture? Like how receptive are people towards this? Christian, Christian culture promotes Uh, I don't know how to answer that but I, I don't see I mean one thing is basically coming together as brothers and sisters uh, you live more isolated from one another but ours we live so close tied together and that's one good good thing about love. We sort of love one another. And if uh, someone loses a brother or sister or so, the whole community goes there and then mourn together for the death. And then we sit there probably for the whole, probably for three days or four days. And this is one good thing. It promotes uh, our traditional way of lifestyle. And uh, I don't know, there, are, there may be a few other little things, but I can't just think of it now. Can you think of something? Ask that again. Your tribal culture, 
I said, we came to tell you about God. They said, yeah, we know he's up there. He's okay. God's okay. But our problems are down here with the demons. And, and uh, strike one with the Western culture, we're not so informed with the demons. Over there, they know what they have to fight. And once that God was transferred, the power of God transferred over the power of the Spirit, it's just culture. God is there, we serve him, we worship him, we meet with him, we meet together, and uh, is that right, Gold? Yes, sure. We, uh, they actually said that there is a God above. They call it the... Uh, Yegi? Yegi Kirisi. Yegi Kirisi is the son of, son of the Most High. The son of the Most High. But they actually didn't know who that son of the Most High was. So they had to you know, say that, oh, there is, a, there is a spirit, the mountain spirit, or water spirit, or house spirit, they had to slaughter animal and then, you know, worship all those spirits. And then, when we came in with this uh, modern, you know, teaching, saying that there is a God above, it was so easy, so everybody just said, no question. You see, that, that's a way to actually promote a way of belief. And they, you know, it's, it's very interesting. They had to build up uh, houses, not houses, but uh, build, plant long posts, and then build, uh, I think, stable something, put timbers of wood on, on top, and then they said they slaughter pigs on top, so that they were actually thinking that there's the most high God is going to come and accept the offer or something. That's what they told me. I think Vic knows about that, I'm not sure. So, it actually promoted. I don't want to say too much here, but a little bit of something. I'm not even sure that you know this, about the rabbis in Israel, who found out recently, say that not all the Hebrews left Egypt with Moses. There is a verse in Exodus that's translated, they went out of arm. The rabbis say that's a bad translation in English. The Hebrew words of Moses are perfect, but that God gave Moses, but that word went out arm can also mean one fifth. Just like the calf of your leg and the calf of the field. Two different words depending on the context. What they say, and I just found this out recently, they went out armed, really shouldn't have been they went out one fifth. Where did they go? A whole lot of them went down through Ethiopia all the way down to South Africa and you'll find places down there that have Hebraic roots and that if these people left Egypt after Moses they got fed up with the leeks, garlics as well as Pharaoh and they went out and the rest of them went across Southeast Asia. There is a tribe of Manasseh in Northeast India, there's a tribe, the Kiran tribe, which are largely Christian now in Myanmar. By the way, with West Burma, they didn't get touched with the cyclone. The, the Karens are further north. And then <clears throat> I found Hebraic tracks. Well, Kobo would know about the stories in their ancient literature that sound very much like Genesis Bible stories. And he knows those. And I have reason to believe that uh, 
wait up, there's some Hebraic genes in there, and that's kind of what he said. We came with the gospel, and that was it. And there's, because a lot of places in the third world, you don't get that kind of response. This was well prepared by a very naive young missionary going to a place where God sent him or them, and uh, it was ready made. And here we are. There's our brother. I did third generation, three and a half. Well, thank you, Vic. Uh, that doesn't mean we are Jews, we are Gentiles anyway. Uh, <laughs> I have a Gentile blood anyway. <laughs> but, but spiritually we are Jews. Yes, you said. Sorry? There is no resistance. Uh, probably when we have Muslim coming in, there may be a resistant group coming up, but in our area, there is no resistance, they all accept. Whenever we go out for services, probably in the open air or elsewhere, people will just come out, respect the world, and sit down. but where we are located just around Nipa, as I have said, we dominate the whole little district. We dominate it. It's a stronghold. So, I mean, there are other little churches, but uh, it seems like they are dying out. Uh, they, they take the church as a, as a homegrown church. And when we change the name from Tliba to Good News, this is, this is a homegrown church. I think we will have to do our with other churches and then that's why we opened this new, I mean, the dedicated the new church it, with a stronghold. This village was a stronghold. But they are the ones that are forcing other people to join Goodness Christian Church, the Apostolic Christian Church. There are other denominations. Do you know approximately how many believers have been baptized since the work began? Us? Well, that, as I said, 45 to 50,000. That is the figure that uh, my pastors brought in when I wanted to come. But actually, they say committed members of the church, born again members of the church, have been 10 to 15,000. There were more we baptized, almost 40 to 50,000. But they say that they are Christians, they are believers, but they don't live up to their own words. You know. There's many people doing it. I think we have <laughs> come almost two o'clock. I mean, it's two o'clock now. You might be tired. Thank you for your years. I really appreciate your patience. If you have any interest, it has its own explanation.
in the CDs. So if you have any interest, you ask me and I'll give you a copy.